Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. So good to be with you each and every week here on the home of world football in Southern California. We're the home of the black and gold, the unbeaten black and gold, untarnished with a loss so far this season. The black and gold stayed, well, now I guess extended their unbeaten streak, I should say, to seven games starting the season. Now 6-0-1 after another victory on the weekend, beating FC Cincinnati 2-0. LA Galaxy get a win with the same score line. Boy, this one over Philadelphia. Both teams neck and neck with Seattle Sounders and Houston Dynamo, for that matter, as the Dynamo have a game in hand or two games in hand against LAFC uh, on the top team. So everybody playing really well at the top of the West. I mean, just some tough teams. But LAFC, another shutout. The streak is now well over 300 minutes. Third straight shutout victory. LAFC 6-0-1 on the season. Just continues to roll, and thanks in no small part to the best player in MLS right now, the hottest player, slight tip of the cap to Zlatan. We'll get to that in a second, but it is Carlos Vela for LAFC. And the uh, the team from Cincinnati came in to bank, came into the bank on Saturday and really went toe-to-toe with LAFC for a while. I mean, it, it, Cincinnati, look, they weren't going to come out trying to score four goals and win 4-3, that's for sure. But their manager, Alan Koch, knew what he had to do. And they were really doing it to perfection for the first 20, 25 minutes. LAFC had chances, but Spencer Ritchie made a couple of nice saves. I mean, Cincinnati battled. They're an expansion team that doesn't have, you know, a loaded roster full of expensive players or anything like that. They've got a good roster. They built a nice team, and they battled hard. LAFC finally broke through late in the first half. This was a key moment on a uh, corner kick from Carlos Vela. Here comes the corner from Vela. Right at the edge of the six. Knocked out a goal! LAFC says no problem! Mark Anthony K. Second of the season for K, and it's 1-0 LAFC! Uh, Dave Denholm on the call there for uh, ESPN LA 710. <laughs> it was a fun game to call. That was the first one. Mark Anthony, I love this celebration. Just kind of walk back like nonchalant. Yeah. Second of the season for K. Gave them uh, the 1-0 lead. Now that was going what we thought was going into the half, right? And I kept saying it after the goal that LAFC just had to make sure FC Cincinnati did not get a goal before the half to get right back into it and really make it tougher for that second 45. Well, they almost did in really the final few minutes of the first half. DePlon's going to send it long through the center of the park. Zimmerman going to try to chase it down. Heavy pressure here. Be careful. Ball stolen away. Safe has it. Outside of the area. Puts it back towards Maddox. Trying to put it on his right foot. The curling shot. Save Miller with a left hand. Save the game from Tyler Miller. Knocks it to the far post and wide. Oh, wow. What a save. Darren Maddox is down and can't believe it. He's just disgusted. Curling right foot and Tyler Miller says no. Save of the year, really, so far for Tyler Miller. And that's the thing about when you have a team like LAFC. Tyler Miller is not going to see 15 shots come blasting at him. That's just not the way teams are going to play against LAFC. They can't. With LAFC offense, teams can't go too crazy going forward themselves. They're going to try to counter. They're going to try to be slow, take advantage of some mistakes, patient buildup, and then spring it on LAFC and like that with the, with the bad giveaway and then try to beat them once or twice a game if you're lucky. Well, that's what Tyler Miller has to do. He's got to be ready. And he has to step up and make one or two big saves a week. And he did against Cincinnati. That was the one. 
Because if Cincinnati goes into the locker room 1-1, all the doubt starts to creep in for LAFC, all the uh uh-oh. And Cincinnati's feeling real good about themselves. That was a back-breaking play. Sometimes the back-breaking play is a goal, and sometimes it's a big save from your keeper or a big defensive stop. In this case, Tyler Miller made a massive save there. Still, everything was hanging in the balance throughout most of the second half. Now, look, LAFC was dominant in the game. Now, when I say that, it was 1-0, right, for most of it. But they still weren't giving Cincinnati a lot of chances after that Maddox curler that Miller saved at the end of the first. Second half was really a lot of LAFC not quite being able to get that second goal until the dying seconds. Safe into the offensive zone. Getting back is Paris to steal it away. Through the middle of the park, now to Equesta. Space here out wide to Vela. Finds him outside of the area. Carlos dragging it on his right foot. Carlos the shot. Goal! Carlos Vela does it! Oh, what a goal! Vela makes it 2 0 LAFC! His eighth of the season, it caps off the 2-0 victory and uh, put the icing on the cake there, whatever cliche you want to use. Couple that with the earlier assist you heard, and Carlos Vela now has eight goals and five assists through seven games. Yes, you heard me right. He's responsible for 13 goals in those seven games. Out of the 21 LAFC has scored, Carlos has had a piece of 13 of them. Wow, just wow. He continues his amazing season, and LAFC continues amazing season. You know, it's hard to call out one individual on this team. I know because Carlos Vela's getting the stats racked up, you can say, well, he is the leader. Of course he is. He's the talisman, no doubt. And he's been the team MVP without question. But it's hard to call out other individuals unless you just want to name everyone because the team is playing that well. But I will say just some special kudos from me here at Soccer Weekly to Eduardo Tuesta and to uh, Eddie Segura. They just, I mean, two Colombians that are just playing magnificent football so far. And again, everybody around them is playing well. So you can't, I can't say like, oh, they're head and shoulders above everybody. No, that's not the case. You really could give 11 stars to everybody on this team week in and week out. But boy, Atuesta and Segura, yowza. They are playing, did I just say Yowza? They are playing some magnificent football in their respective positions. Speaking of magnificent football, LA Galaxy get a 2-0 victory over Philadelphia, though you wouldn't know it was magnificent from Zlatan talking about the second half. He was not happy after the Galaxy got two Ibrahimovic goals in the first half and then just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit against Philadelphia. The Union, a decent team. The Galaxy are still perfect at home. Both LAFC and the Galaxy winning on the same night at home in L.A. Both are now 4-0-0. Perfect. Four wins from four for both teams in Los Angeles playing at home. That's impressive. You want to come to uh, Los Angeles to play in MLS? You're going to lose. doesn't matter which team you're playing right now so far course the galaxy doing it a little bit differently in their six games they've given up only six goals which is good they scored 11 which is not bad heavy reliance on zlatan who's got six of those 11 without a doubt but they are 4-0 at home 4-0 and then uh, with one win and a loss on the road the galaxy on 15 points from six slightly behind seattle's on 16 from six and is really on pace with lafc so it's just fun times 
for MLS fans who uh, reside in the uh, City of Angels. Craziness. Oh, man. You know, I don't know. I don't know how I really feel about it. Are you a little perturbed that LAFC and the Galaxy don't play until July? I mean, they they only get two games this year. Remember last year they played three times, which was awesome. In LAFC's first season, it was a bit of an unbalanced schedule because MLS was on an odd number of teams. Now they only, you know, they only play twice only, quote unquote. But so annoying that they have to wait. We have to wait till July, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you prefer the buildup. Hit me up on Twitter if you want to talk about that at Talk Soccer. That's where you can follow the show. Uh, information on when the podcast comes out. I'm always tweeting about when the show is. This is a special Monday edition because we got a Wednesday game against Vancouver for LAFC. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA and the ESPN app. So we're talking uh, football here on a Monday, but it's kind of annoying to me that we have to wait now, especially with the way these two teams have started. Could MLS schedule makers have done, like, I don't know, maybe a May and, like, an August thing? If you want to split it up a little bit, I mean, July for the first one? I don't know. Maybe you feel differently. Maybe we should have waited longer then. Why not? Play the last two games of the season again. No, I'm kidding. I don't really love what LAFC is about to do here, and it's going to be the first of two times it happens. LAFC has to play Seattle two straight games. Coming up on this Sunday, Easter Sunday, then the next Sunday, home and home. So I don't love that. Only because you know how a schedule flows, a team flows, right? Long season. What happens if you get one of your key players is injured? and he's going to miss like two or three weeks, you're playing both times against the particular team with maybe one player out or another. That's not fair. I don't love that. And I know they're doing it against FC Dallas in a matter of like a few days later in the year coming up. That's annoying too. Don't love the back-to-back type of thing unless it's playoffs. I mean, again, because if somebody goes down with an injury, this, you know, like on Wednesday, you know, heaven forbid, we don't want to see anybody get hurt, but it does happen in sports. Then you're going to, what, maybe miss both Seattle encounters? That's not fair. That stinks. Hate that. Once again, hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer, to follow the show, keep you informed there. Also, I do giveaways at times, just hint, hint, later coming up in the year. Not right now, but, you know, you may want to follow me for later if you want Possibly win tickets to LAFC coming up later in the season. Still so much more to get to. we got a jammed, packed show. Going to talk a little bit of Champions League. CONCACAF and UEFA coming up later. And the Gold Cup, breaking it down. We are going to work it up and break down the 2019 Gold Cup here for CONCACAF. Vince LaRosa at LAFC Vince going to join me next for Black and Gold Breakdown. I am Dave Dethome. This is the home of the black and gold ESPN LA 710. Here comes the corner from Vela. Right at the edge of the six. Knocked out a goal! LAFC says no problem! Mark Anthony K. Second of the season for K, and it's 1-0 LAFC! Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you on the home of the beautiful game. And the LAFC, black and gold here. We are the home. We'll have it on Wednesday against Vancouver. Coming up 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock for the kick. Right here on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Time now for the black and gold breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown. It's the black and gold breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. 
This is the Black and Gold Breakdown. We are joined by the great Vince LaRosa of LAFC and LAFC.com, at LAFC Vince on Twitter. Always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Always great to be here, Dave. Vince, uh, uh, you know, that first, the sound you heard, of course, was the first goal against FC Cincinnati, but I hear you had a special sound, a special, I guess, listening of the second goal of that match, the uh, Vela goal in the 93rd minute to put it away. Dave, I've got to tell you, it was surreal. So I, I go down there normally because I do the on-field post-game interview, and, you know, I bumped into Mario and, you know, said what's up, and he handed me a pair of headphones. So I was actually <laughs> listening in to your live call. Um, i got to tell you, before, uh, right before Vela scored, you were just giving the refs a business, which I loved. We were laughing about that for uh, them letting, uh, letting uh, uh, Cincinnati play a ball like 20 yards ahead of where they were. But Terrible. Being, uh, they almost scored on that, too. Oh, they did I would have gone nuts. On that. And, and you were going berserk, and I was, just, I was loving every second of it. But honestly, the, the ability to watch Carlos do what he does from pitch side, which is something that if anybody can take advantage of that, you have to do it. But then to hear your live call, it was it was sublime. It was out of control. Uh, it, I, I kept it on, and then right after you you know called the goal, I had to you know listen wanted to listen into the crowd. It's just one of those experiences I'll never forget. Well, very flattered to just be a little part of that. Thanks so much for all the love. I appreciate it, and I uh, appreciate the social media love from you as well. And we are talking with Vince Larosa at LAFC Vince, covering all things black and gold. And Vince, let's start right there. The two 0 victory over FC Cincinnati. We kind of knew. This would likely not be one of those 5-0 laughers, just the way FC Cincinnati was going to approach this game, and they approached it about as well as anybody's approached it against LAFC this season. Yeah, I think they had a, a good combination of kind of what RSL came in to try to do and, and what they do well, which is they're a very athletic team. Uh, they've got some very quick players. Kakuta Mane, uh, Darren Maddox, I'm not sure you'll find two faster guys in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, Yeah, they really were... They were compact in the back, not allowing spaces behind them, and then they were dangerous going forward and tried to really overload certain sides and just make use of that physicality, make use of that strength. Uh, you know, they're not all going to be 4-0, 5-0 victories, and I think that was the, the biggest point that Bob wanted to make with his team was, and, and it's not going to be automatic. And it, I think in a lot of ways, maybe it's a good wake-up call because, you know, they're not going to be automatic. So why not get one out of the way, especially before we're going to head into a midweek game? Yeah, this is a tricky little stretch here at Vancouver here coming up on Wednesday. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA 710. And then two straight against Seattle on back-to-back weekends, Easter Sunday, then the following weekend. Vince, I don't love those back-to-back games. I talked a little bit about it. I've been talking about it, actually. I don't love them because what if somebody gets injured in the uh, before the first meeting, you know, with a week of practices, and then you might be out for a couple of games. You're going to miss both Seattle games because they just want to play them back-to-back on the scat. I hate that, Vince. That and one leg, I guess we, we should call them legs because they're almost a two-legged tie. One leg or the other is going to be probably a dour event. I, I'm assuming it might be the first one where yeah. teams kind of feel each other out. I mean, we saw this with, with Portland. We played them back-to-back. It was in two different competitions. Yeah. But it, they, they just weren't the most exciting games. I, I'm, I'm eager to you know get through this game and ask Bob what he thinks, but I, I don't dig it either. I, I don't. And it, it can't look past Vancouver, certainly, and our friend Mark Dos Santos is uh, struggling a little bit. What are you seeing from Vancouver, Vince? I mean, they're playing better of late. They're not getting the results yet. Yeah, I think we're learning just how difficult it is to change the culture and, and change a team on the fly. I mean, Mark's even said multiple times he's going to need multiple transfer windows, and, and that's fair, I think, because he, he's changing a whole, not just the players, but the whole style of play. The, you know, the previous manager, Carl Robinson, was his tactics were somewhat dour, and now you've got a guy like Mark who really wants to play with the ball, uh, play on the front foot, have some 
have some creativity, have some ideas going forward, and that doesn't happen overnight. And so that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of growing pains. I think they're getting better, and I think they'll, they will be better by the end of the year. But this, this might be one of those years where you just kind of got to chalk it up to let's get the base going, and then let's see where we can go the following season. As you're looking at this team, I'm starting to study Vancouver here as we're getting ready for the game. Is there a player that you're really intrigued about watching for this Whitecaps team? I mean, uh, I, I always like watching Jordy Reyna when he's out there. Um, he's yeah. just a shifty player. Um, he can kind of get into pockets, and he's a, he's a smaller player. So it's, he's almost a guy that he uses his size to be able to kind of just disappear into spots and then pop up. Um, I hate, so he's playing, out there, against, he's I hate playing against him. I hate it. Yeah, he, you always got to have an eye on him, and he, and he does a lot of things. It, the thing is he can do well in, in transition games and in games where he can maybe get space in behind you, but he can play in front of your, your defense, and he can unlock things in front of the box. So he's, he's a player you got to keep an eye on. We are talking with uh, Vince LaRosa of LAFC.com, at LAFC Vince on Twitter. You follow him, I promise me. Or I promise you, you're not going to regret it if you're a fan of the black and gold, or even if you hate the black and gold, really. It's all the good information. Uh, Vince, uh, I want to know, I don't want to like admit this on the air, the commission of a crime, but I would like to break into the LAFC offices and write the checkout for Eddie Segura right now to, uh, to make that loan permanent. Uh, is that the... Uh, is that uh, what we're seeing, Eddie Segura? Is this what you expected out of this kid right now? He is amazing. Man, I'd be lying if I said that I expected this out of him because when he came in, to be honest with you, we were told, you know, we really like this kid. We, we scouted him for a long time. We've talked to him. We, we want to bring him in, but we're going to bring him along slow. So, guys, we want to pump this out, but let's not, you know, let's not go too crazy here. And so that's the expectations that I went into the season with, and he's been just exceeded every single expectation. He looks like he's been here for five-plus years. Uh, I, I love watching him play because he's so smooth and he's so he's not highlight real material only because he reads the game so well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't have to see these last ditch slide tackles and things like that. He just he slides over. He compliments Walker Zimmerman so well. And I, I'm with you. And uh, people have asked me, you know, when when are we going to know if he's, he's permanent? I he, guys, the, the the people in the front office know what they're doing. I guarantee you that yeah. those conversations have been happening well in advance and. We'll yeah, you don't even have to worry about it. In the yeah. coming month. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't even have to worry about that one. Now, Vince, uh, what we love about you is that you know all things LAFC. We've got about a minute left here. I want to talk about this uh, Generation Adidas Cup. We've got the under-15s, the only team representing LAFC right now because that's just the way the academy's growing as we're getting, you know, they, these kids get older and older, of course. We'll see mm-hmm. more of them, but they're in the under-15s. They begin play on the 17th this Wednesday against Cruz Azul, and they're, they're going to be battling... Uh, several uh, Liga Mekki sides for that age group. Talk a little bit about the U15s. I'm excited about this competition. Yeah, the U15. I mean, this is the first LFC group, so it's really exciting to see these guys continue to do well. They've been steamrolling teams out here, so what we're really excited about, and I say we because I, I do spend a lot of time with the academy guys, and I, I feel like they've allowed me to kind of just be a part of all this this ride. Is they're excited to see teams them go up to some teams that are going to make them work a little bit harder. They're maybe not going to see the ball as much. Um, these the U the U15 team is one of those teams where they can kind of grind out results, uh, but once they get an advantage, they just steamroll teams. They seem to get one goal and then three, four, five come after that. I don't think that's going to happen against these these Mexican Liga MX teams. So it's going to be interesting to see that they they were the top qualifier though from MLS. So they're they're the big hope and they're they're the only game uh, from from the U15s uh, group stage that MLS has singled out uh, as one of the games to watch. It's that Cruz Azul game and it's going to be live streamed. Uh, through MLS's Twitch, so that's something to check out on Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Vince and I will be up and watching. Vince, always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. We appreciate all the information. You're the best, maybe. Vince LaRosa, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Dave.
You bet. The great Vince LaRosa. Check him out on Twitter, at LAFC Vince. Soccer Weekly rolls on. I am Dave Denholm. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you. Thanks again to Vince LaRosa of LAFC, at LAFC Vince, for the Black and Gold Breakdown. If you miss any of the show, whether it's interviews or other segments, we're talking about stuff, feel free to hit the podcast each and every week. Soccer Weekly, search for it on iTunes, ESPN Pod Center, your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe, rate, and review, please, as we're doing well here. We want to keep that going. I mean, let's be realistic. We need our soccer coverage here on local radio in the, the biggest soccer market in America and one of the biggest in the world, Los Angeles, thanks to ESPN LA. Uh, and we do it each and every week here. Gold Cup 2019 coming up later in the summer. And we had the draw. Someone was asking me last week if we were going to talk about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to dig deep into it next week. And that next week is now. And I love the Gold Cup. I know a lot of people beef about it. Oh, it's not this you know, special as this. Or it's, ah, eh, we don't need it. Anymore. I love it. Why not? You're playing other nations with something on the line. We need more of that in the world of football, not just fake games. <clears throat> Champions Cup uh, comes over every summer with these uh, European teams. It doesn't mean anything because it's preseason. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Had a little something in my throat. I-, I need real games. And there's always fun rooting for the United States, rooting against El Tree, seeing how El Tree is going to play under Tata Martino when things count. Oh, they're going to be good. Oh, man. It is going to be tough. It's going to be a good tournament. Kicks off uh, beginning on June 15th at the Rose Bowl, in fact, for that doubleheader. Oh, that's going to be a good day here in Southern California. Canada taking on Martinique and then Cuba and El Tri, Mexico, the second game of that doubleheader. And then the United States kicks off on Tuesday the 18th against Guyana. We'll take a look at the groups here. If you really think about it, you know, look, it's easy to say, well, Mexico and the United States are going to dominate in group play. Yes, they should. I think the United States group is pretty tricky. Anybody heard of Trinidad and Tobago? Yeah, the team that knocked us out of the last World Cup for qualifying, you know, the last qualifying game. Panama doing pretty well. Guyana, yeah, they're going to probably struggle in that group. That's Group D. Group A, of course, has Mexico, Cuba, Canada, and Martinique. Shouldn't be a problem for Mexico, but, you know, look, I mean, you still got to go out and do it. Group B is a tricky one, too. Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Haiti, and Bermuda. And I love Group C. El Salvador, Honduras, Jamaica, Curaçao. Probably the most balanced group. Just about anybody there could win it. And then, of course, as I mentioned, Group D with the United States, Trinidad, Panama, and Guyana. And the U.S., I mean, yeah, you figure you're going to do fine, but Trinidad knocked us out of the last World Cup qualifying, and the Panama is Panama. They they made the World Cup in 2000, and, and oh, I can't even talk about it anymore. Let's just let's just move on and try to pound them here in the Gold Cup. I love. I hate to say it, I love El Tri's chances to win this thing. They are the clear favorite. I know Tata's got some question marks. He's going to have to still figure this out. And part of this competition, the Gold Cup, it's important. You want to win it. Part of it is, you know, it's 2019. We're just starting the cycle towards 2022. So he's going to, I'm sure there's going to be some experimentation. Whether it's Greg Berhalter with the U.S. or Martino with the L3 or Canada or whoever. I'm excited to see Canada too. Mark Anthony Kay, of course, of LAFC will be a big part of that. I want to see what Canada does in this competition. Should get out of that group. Should. 
But, you know, Martinique is no pushover either. They kind of are tricky. I want to see how Costa Rica starts this transition out of that what was a really great generation that for a, a number of years here, what, between six, six, seven, eight years has been very good. I want to see how they start to transition now in a pretty good group. Those are the a couple of teams that I want to keep my eye on. And I, again, as I said, I want to get, just watch every Group C match. To me, that is going to be a fun, fun group. My pick is Mexico right now. I know it's early. We've still got until June, you know, and I, we don't see the rosters yet for a while. Mid-June is when it starts. We don't get the rosters for a bit. But I don't know that anybody's going to be able to beat Mexico in this tournament. Eltree is the best in CONCACAF right now. And, of course adding a, a manager like Tata Martino, who if he gets himself stabilized quickly, which so far so good, in terms of these, you know, a competition that really matters, if he really gets going and El Tri gets a little confidence going, oh, look out, they can roll. But, you know, I mean, the United States has a, certainly has a shot. If you're looking at a, a possible sleeper, or at least, you know, to go far, because I think they'll do fine in their group, uh, Jamaica. I'm going to be intrigued with Peter Lee Vassell playing for them for LAFC, too. He's getting a few minutes off the bench for the black and gold in this hot streak that they're on. But I'd like to see what happens with that, you know, and see if he gets some minutes there. Jamaica, keep an eye on them, potentially in this Group C and beyond into the knockout stage. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Your thoughts on the Gold Cup? I know it's early again. We'll have more on it as it gets closer. We'll, you know, maybe make some more in-depth picks. But L3 is my pick right now. If you agree or disagree, hit me up on... uh, Twitter at Talk Soccer, where you can continue the conversation. Hashtag I love football. That's where I look. That's where I go to find more of a common folks uh, like me who love the beautiful game. I love football, spelled appropriately. F U T B O L, of course. So you can hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Hashtag I love football because we do here at Soccer Weekly, and we also love Champions League. Right? We're in the heat of it. We're in the thick of it. Congratulations to the two best teams, club teams in CONCACAF. Because they're in the final of the Champions League. Without doubt. I don't care where teams are in their table. I don't care what they're doing in their league right now. CONCACAF Champions League brings it out of teams. And it brings out the best of the best teams. And those two right now, the best thing, with the tip of the cap again to Leon, maybe even LAFC, frankly, maybe even Seattle and the Galaxy. A nod to Leon, but it's, it's Tigres and Monterey. They're the two best teams. Not only are they racing through CONCACAF Champions League, oh, by the way, they're doing pretty well in the Liga Mackies as well. <laughs> so it can be done. You don't have to go one or the other. And Monterey, I oh man, I don't know how you beat that team. They absolutely shellacked Sporting Kansas City. 10 to 2 on aggregate, right? And everybody, here's the thing you, you have to remember about this though. And I, I'm not really trying to defend MLS, but it's going to sound like that because this is how I feel. You have to take these things where MLS and where Liga Amekis are now. It's all situational club by club. Stop judging MLS entirely on one team or two teams in Champions League, and stop judging Liga Mackeys that way. Because I got news for you. Veracruz would not make the MLS playoffs. 
Colorado Rapids would get drilled in Liga Amekis, okay? So it's all about the club. Does no one, you know, Sporting Kansas City got absolutely mobbed by Monterey in the two legs. No question. Does no one remember how Sporting Kansas City destroyed Toluca earlier in the competition? Do we all forget this? So it's not Liga Amekis versus MLS. It's club by club, and Monterey and Tigres are great. Last year, Toronto decimated every Liga Mekki side until the final when somehow Chivas just held on and sat back and just prayed and got it done in penalties. Did that mean that MLS was better than Liga Mekki's because of the, the way Toronto dominated each round playing those teams? No! It's individual. It's team by team. You think right now Morelia would win MLS? You're nuts! They're terrible! You think Vancouver Whitecaps would go down and uh, win in Liga MX? No way! But it's individual. It's team by team. That's the way you should think about this stuff. I mean, there's pride in, yeah, if you are, if you are a fan of Liga MX because your favorite team is Club America, fine. I'm sure. Whatever. I, know, I root for MLS sides if they're playing a Panamanian side or a Costa Rican or a Mexican side. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm also not stupid enough to just lump it all one, you know, together. And I don't mean you're stupid, but it's more like I'm not naive enough, I should say. Stupid's the wrong word because each club is different. Guess what? Atlas stinks. Chivas stinks. But that doesn't drag down all of the, you know, the Mexican league. Come on, that's not fair. Just like it's not fair to compare individual clubs with what's going on with everybody. And I make no mistake for the early part of the season thing with MLS. It's fact. It's not going to change. Get over that. I have proposed on this show, if MLS sides are serious, which I think they are about Champions League, I think they've become much more serious over the last few years, and we're seeing results of that. If MLS sides are serious, then they should be mandating that the clubs that make it from MLS to CONCACAF Champions League, right? So we know how the schedule goes. They're going to have to start playing the most serious games they have even before they play in the league, then they all must get together in preseason early and really battle each other to get ready with money on the line and a trophy or whatever you want to do from MLS. That should be mandated by the league, right? The four teams, the three, however many qualify, depending on what happens in the Canadian championship, they all must be required to get together in the preseason and beat each other senseless to get ready in real meaningful games. Not preseason friendlies against the Silverbacks or the Las Vegas Lights or who I have no disrespect to those teams. I'm just naming names here. Or or even Colorado, whoever teams that don't have an interest in CONCACAF Champions League as seriously as the MLS sides do that are going there. They should be getting together and beating each other up to get ready. To get more prepared, I should say. But yeah, I mean, kudos to Tigres and Monterrey. They're the best teams. Fully deserved. I can't wait to see what happens in those two legs between those teams. It's going to be brutal. And I love, here's what I, you know why I love that Liga Mekis teams are winning the Champions League? Now, they've done it for virtually their whole history or the whole history of the competition. You know why I love that they're winning now? Because these teams from Mexico care. 
no longer can you sit there and say as a neutral fan or even as a fan of the Mexican teams or a fan of only MLS sides or whatever, oh, the Mexican teams don't care. It's not true. They're desperate to win Champions League, and it shows, and that's why they're doing it. Congratulations to them for that. That's what we should all be striving for. And the, the competition is getting better and better in, in CONCACAF Champions League each and every year. And it's so much fun to watch. You know if you've seen it. And if you haven't, you're missing out. It's just too much fun. And again, kudos to the best. Tigres and Monterey. I think Monterey is going to win. I think they are clearly better than Tigres. But Tigres is still pretty darn good. It could happen. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a shoe-in for either side by any means. No way. Nobody should say that. Oh, it's going to be fun. I cannot wait. UEFA Champions League still gets ripping here uh, you know, tomorrow as we do this show on Monday night. Depending on when you maybe listen to the podcast, but it's got some pretty big games. Barcelona holding that big 1-0 lead over Manchester United. They go back to Barca now for the second leg. And Juventus got the road goal against Ajax. Back home to Italy to take on Ajax on Tuesday in the second leg with the 1-1 aggregate. But Ajax is still a boy. Ajax is good. Didn't I tell you to keep an eye on them in this competition way back? I think I did. Barcelona still, to me, is a team to beat, even amidst all the premiership sides that are in it. And, of course, Wednesday, second legs continue in these quarterfinals. Liverpool's in great shape, leading 2-0 over Porto as they head to Portugal because Porto couldn't get a road goal, and Liverpool's darn good. And Man City trailing Tottenham 1-0 on aggregate. Boy, that's going to be intriguing for Pep Guardiola's side. I think they I think they get it done. I really do. That might even be like a 4-0 thrashing type of Man City win. You know, Harry Kane, obviously, that's a big factor for Tottenham, unfortunately. But uh, Porto has no shot against Liverpool at home, because Liverpool's going to score a ro- Porto's going to need a 5-1 type of game, and good luck with that. You know, or a 5-2 to hold them off kind of thing. Because Liverpool's going to score. So Porto knows they're going to need at least four goals. <laughs> Yikes. Good luck. I like Porto. I mean, Porto's a great team, but Liverpool, just different level this year. So it's going to be intriguing in the Champions League and UEFA as well. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. We continue on. Still got stoppage time. Oh, man. One of our favorites. All of that and so much more still to come. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you on the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. We're rolling on here as we do each and every week. Dave, 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 it's Mario. Yeah, got, well, yes, got, the great producer of the alert. show. Mario, you're coming on later here in a minute. What, what's going on here? <laughs> I got I to gotta interrupt here. Okay. Earlier you were talking about possibly giving away some tickets in the future and make sure you always stay tuned to Soccer Weekly because you never know. You might be able to win some tickets to LAFC. Yeah. Well, you know, our people, our fine folks here at ESPN LA, they heard you, and they said, why not do it right now? Let's give away some tickets. Oh, man. Oh, is this the email I just got? Yeah. Let me open that up. Oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, we're going to give away uh, some tickets here for LAFC. Now, this is a money-can't-buy VIP experience. We're looking for two winners here. Okay, and this is for what? This Sunday? This Sunday against the Seattle Sounders. LAFC at the bank, Bank of California Stadium. Money-can't-buy experience here. You got two tickets to the game. All right. Uh, Autographed memorabilia signed by LAC player. Nice. 
And check this out. You get to go on the field and kick PKs on the field. I love that. Just like if you were like Carlos Vela. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah, these money can't buy experiences from ESPN LA are great. Yeah. This is no exception. So let's go over it again. It's Easter Sunday. Two winners, right? Two different winners. Yeah, two so you winners. got two chances. Each are going to get two game tickets, an autographed uh, memorabilia signed by LAFC, uh, a player, and then you can go on the, on the field after the game and kick PKs. That is awesome. All right, well, here's how we do it then. We're going to get to caller number 7 and 10 right now. Line them up. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-ESPN. 3776. 877-710-ESPN. 710 ESPN will take caller number 7 and number 10 each are going to win that VIP experience, the Money Can't Buy VIP giveaway here from ESPN LA 710. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Mario. That is cool. Very cool. Boy, uh, ask and you shall receive, right? We just, uh, you know, that's how we are. That's how we roll here. That's right. On Soccer Weekly. It is time now for the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. As we take a look at the injury report, kind of the same, unfortunately, the same kind of thing for LAFC that we've been hearing, right? Uh, you got Adama Diamande who had the hamstring injury. He missed the last game. He came out early against DC United after getting a brilliant assist with the hamstring injury. Misses the game against Cincinnati. He's still out. Fito Zelaya is still trying to get back to 100%. Remember, he was getting close and then picked up another injury. So he's still trying to, and so is Andre Horta still trying to get back. Lee Wynn has come a, well, a long way. Last week, in fact, it looked like he was getting back to full health and then had a bit of a setback there. So he's still trying to get to 100%. And you know what? There's no need to rush. The way the team's playing right now, he, we need Lee Wynn to get 100% healthy. Alejandro Guido still trying to get back up to speed as well. For the Galaxy, it's pretty good. A little bit of question mark around Diego Polenta with groin injury. Obviously, Perry Kitchen still out. But the Galaxy looking pretty healthy overall. So that is your L.A. Care injury report as we continue on here on Soccer Weekly. Dave Denholm with you. And Mario, it is time to talk a little bit more about Carlos Vela. I got you there, huh? You thought he was coming on with his stoppage time, didn't you? No, not yet. I do want to talk a little bit more about Carlos Vela. Because we heard from Carlos after the match, the 2-0 victory against a plucky FC Cincinnati side. And this is a guy who certainly on track you know it's a long season and everything but boy he is hammering after that mvp award to be the best in the league to really lead this club and he talked about a lot of things after the match against fc cincinnati another goal and an assist from vela as he now has eight goals and five assists in just seven matches and he talked about how hey look if you're a designated player this is what really should be expected of you essentially I'm a DP player. They buy me for do this couple of things, so I get that responsibility in my team. I'm trying to do my best to produce the most things possible every game. I'm pushing myself. I'm trying to be the best Carlos Vela as possible, and I think I'm doing well. So I start really well the season, but it's long, so I have to keep working. I have to every game show something for my team and I hope we can do a, a great season. That's Vela talking about how there's, you know, he has to step up as a designated player, no doubt about it. One of the things we talked about coming into this season was how LAFC's roster, yeah, there was some turnover, there always is in professional sports, especially professional soccer, but it really wasn't a lot of change for this team heading into 2019 and I think it's showing and so does Vela. Every project needs time. Last year we was, was all new some moment we can respond like 
like we're supposed to do. And this year, we know each other. I know, and they know how play every every player. So it's more much easier to finish the game in better ways. So I think the the chemistry is great. We are trying to be the best team in the league. So we have to win every game or try to play good and try to win every game. Well, there's nobody hotter, as, as we talked about, eight goals and five assists. And the question was raised, and it was a, really a great question at the press conference, is this the best that Vela has felt in his career? I feel really well. I feel good in in the way I'm playing and the way I'm scoring goals, but the most important is the team, help my teammates. So I'm working hard uh, to do that. So I'm happy, but still I want to do more, so... I'm trying to work really hard every game, trying to do different things, new things every game. So I hope I can be in in this line. Good stuff from Carlos Vela there after the win against NC Cincinnati. He is red hot. You know who else is red hot? The great Mario Rees in stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah. Stoppage time. Stoppage time. Right now. Producer extraordinaire, Mario, what's going on in the world of football, baby? You know who else was red hot was Kaku, man. He oh, was no. furious uh, in the uh, late late minutes of their match against uh, Sporting KC. He was so mad that he actually kicked the ball straight into the crowd into the first couple of rows and struck a fan in the face. Oh, uh, from Red- New York Red Bulls, Kaku. He's like a, you know, a midfielder, talismanic midfielder. Yeah. He fires a red ball from uh, fires the ball from close range right into the first few rows in the ninety third minute and struck. Yeah, a see, I don't, boy, I don't know what's going on with him. There were some issues earlier. You know, the, I believe it was Club America was really hot and heavy re- reportedly after him in the, in the off season, and the Red Bulls just didn't take the you know take the deal. They thought they would probably wanted more money. I would imagine, and I don't know if Kaku just doesn't want to be here anymore or something. But when you do that. I mean, that's un- I mean, he came out and apologized immediately, essentially, on social media. And, and hopefully, you know, look, I don't necessarily believe, Mario, that any player wants to do that to a fan. No matter how frustrated you might be or even frustrated at a fan. No, it's just that's the type of night that he was having. I mean, yeah, look, he, he, he aimed for the, the little... He missed the board. The board. Yeah, like, <laughs> that just goes to show you what type of night he was having. He missed the board. Yeah. Oh, that is, but oh. you're going to get, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a lot of heat for that, rightfully so. That's just unacceptable. He did tweet out. He said, I want to take the time and apologize for my actions during tonight's match. As a competitor, I was frustrated with myself and took out my frustrations in a way that is not acceptable i love this game and would never want to disrespect it yeah you know it goes both ways certainly we talk about when player when fans run on the pitch and things like pitch invasions are terrible and they we saw that with the i think it was jack Grealish over there in england where somebody pushed him from behind after yeah. you can't it goes both ways players cannot do that either certainly and try to injure you know not necessarily try to but you know injuring fans potentially i mean you know, let's think about it mario you get hit in the face with a rocket that these guys can deliver. I mean, and it was close range too. Yeah, I mean, it's like getting hit with a, uh, you know, a batted ball in baseball, like a foul ball or something. I mean, these things are, you know, it's not to be trifled with. So yeah, that's unacceptable, no doubt about it. Uh, it is not unacceptable to listen to the great Mario Rees in stoppage time because each and every week we just bring it here and throughout the show. Thanks so much for listening here to Soccer Weekly. Uh, thanks to Vince Larosa. Check him out at LAFC Vince. I am Dave Denholm. This is just always so much fun. Breaking down and working up the beautiful game. Don't forget, Wednesday, LAFC at Vancouver. This is a tricky one against the winless Vancouver side. Our good buddy Mark Dos Santos, the new manager there, after he spent a year working with Bob Bradley with the black and gold. So the pregame starts at 6.30, 7 o'clock kickoff. You'll hear it right here 
on the home of Soccer Weekly and the home of World Football, ESPN LA 710.